Volume two, chapter sixteen of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter sixteen. Despised, ashamed his noble views before, and his proud thoughts degrade him now the more. Crab bright as were the passing hours at spalding court twenty-four of them did not the less complete a day and joyous as were the days seven of them were not the less apportioned to a week marian soon found herself under the necessity of dispatching her letter of excuses to holywell and when sophia's answer came hinting a hope that her sister-in-law might be persuaded to pass the remainder of arthur's absence at home his wife was prompt in her reply that she was already irrevocably engaged to the duchess miss armytage only said we want you much and we want the baby had she added dear marian i am ill and unhappy and your presence would be a comfort to me her sister-in-law would have resigned fifty duchesses and a thousand parties of pleasure to comply but sophia knew this and was not in the habit of interfering with the pleasures of any human creature she had not courage to sadden the light-heartedness of marian nor was the second week at spalding court less attractive or less varied in its pleasures than the first they had music dancing boating archery tableaux charades theatricals everything by turns and nothing long new people arrived and as the delight of lomax increased with the appearance of every fresh carriage bearing a coronet on its panels he soon esteemed himself the happiest of mankind even the disagreeable recollection of that air trifle he had so blindly and wantonly offered to the duke was lost in the favours showered upon him by the duchess who had already persuaded him to put down his name for fifty pounds each to seven of her pet charities to subscribe to the libraries she patronised give a commission for a picture to a young artist it was part of her business to promere into notice and purchase unseen a pair of etruscan vases belonging she assured him to a royal emigrant whose name must not be implicated in the transaction the management of even so small a part of mr leonidas lomax's twelve thousand per annum increased her grace's happiness her correspondence by at least five francs a day nor was this all lord wyndham and his sisters taking pity on their superannuated baby of a cousin or regarding the annual summer visit of miss penelope as far from indispensable to their happiness undertook to persuade him that a very pretty miss rosamond devonport was by no means so desirable a connection as a very pretty honourable miss marscourt the honourable being in fact the loveliest girl of the two the prospect of an alliance with the peerage proved an irresistible bait penelope too was nothing loath at six-and-twenty she had begun to despair of exchanging the coral necklace for a diamond one and when lady amabel assured her that leonidas had determined to give up his niggers for her sake and modify his uneuphonious name in order to induce her to change her own 
penelope admitted that she had always thought him a remarkably sensible man mamma intends to patronise him so you will find no great difficulty in getting him into society said lady amabel coolly and we must manage to glisser the man into parliament after he has been naturalised and then lady emily mclaren will take some trouble to push him forward for the sake of his vote added lord wyndham if it were not for that horrible republican prefix of leonidas i should recommend a baronetcy hinted lord downham a quoi bon mrs l lomax marscourt will look quite distingue enough over a good opera box resumed his brother and thanks to these able and judicious counsels l l with his whiskers double dyed and his patent elastic caoutchouc peruke more spruce and wiggy than ever was now seen wandering by the side of the honourable penelope wherever the shrubberies were shadiest to the infinite amusement of the whole party at spalding court lady marscourt a dowager viscountess with a small jointure and a suit in chancery pretended to look displeased and to talk about mesalliance but she allowed the happy pair to pursue their peripatetic courtship unmolested and the course of their true love to run smooth meanwhile marian in all their walkings drivings boatings and dancings fell naturally to the share of lord wyndham spalding she sought him as the man of the party with whom she was best acquainted and the intimate friend of her husband he her because as a younger brother he had not the pretensions of an l l to engross the attention of unmarried ladies nor destitute of a vote in the house to offer himself as the cavalier of a lady emily mclaren such doubtless were his motives for attaching himself to the side of pretty little mrs arthur armytage for applauding her touch on the piano her seat on horseback for caressing her little harriet agreeing with her that yorkshire was a bore and earnestly persuading her to pass the ensuing winter at paris lord downham and lady emily sometimes smiled at each other after noticing their whispers but then his lordship's pearly teeth were still well worth showing and lady emily mclaren was his faithful double neither of them was capable of comprehending the perfect innocence of a nature such as marian's had it not been for the consciousness that immediately on arthur's arrival they must return to dull formal solemn holywell to the severe countenance of mrs armytage and the certainty of giving hourly displeasure she would have found the time of arthur's absence long and tedious apprehension of greta castle and of her mother-in-law still however held paramount influence over her mind in a month she was to see her father and accompany her family to scarborough with her husband and child but the prospect of the four miserable weeks still dividing her from such perfect happiness filled her with consternation all however was forgotten as the moment drew near for arthur's arrival vainly did the wives of diverse sportsmen guests in the house assure her that punctuality on such occasions was out of the question 
that with a gay party on the moors and only a home and wife and child awaiting him in yorkshire mr armytage would assuredly be a day or two perhaps a week after the appointed time but marian was not afraid there was no lady laura greta on the moors and lady laura was the only person interposing between arthur and her perfect confidence then lady emily mclaren intent on tormenting a woman who had so little usage du monde so little tact as to avow her implicit reliance on her husband's word assured her that lord leicester would infallibly delay the journey by forgetting his ebony boot-jack and returning fifty miles to fetch it lest the pattern of that unique piece of household furniture should fall into the hands of brereton or dumbarton as he had once been known to do when on a visit at penshanger still her mind was at ease arthur would not be staying at greta castle to wait the return of his travelling companion and a few hours more or less were of little consequence and as it happened her confidence was more than justified the travellers made their appearance on the evening preceding the day appointed for their return lord leicester not having found an inn of sufficient merit to come between the road and his nobility had chosen to eat drink and sleep in the carriage again however lord downham and lady emily interchanged a smile choosing to espy a jealous motive for arthur's premature return marian meanwhile was the only person to whom his coming afforded satisfaction all at spalding court were sorry to lose her amid the egotism of the great world an unselfish person is sure to become a favourite even with those who want acuteness to discern the source of her attraction marian was good-naturedly ready to play for those who wanted to dance to dance when her assistance was useful to talk to the bores to listen to the prosy to soften grievances and subdue murmurs she had pity for all human misfortunes from lady marscourt's rheumatism to the false stitches in lady amabel's tapestry and was ready to lend her chaperonage to those expeditions of lady honoria and her sister for which mamma or aunt marscourt would have been de trop or to creep out of the way of startling the timid courtship of two such tender doves as leonidas and penelope even the unobservant duke of spalding had taken note of her merits as simple artless and a more respectable companion for his daughters than he was in the habit of seeing established in their society i am enchanted to find you are going to scarborough in october my dearest mrs armytage cried lady honoria at parting mamma has taken a house there for a fortnight's bathing if the weather will admit downham is to bring round his yacht and we shall have wyndham and cecil and a charming party you must be always with us remember i bespeak you to be always with us we can settle all that at doncaster races added lady amabel don't forget that you belong to us for doncaster but the races are not for three weeks interrupted the duchess and we must manage to meet before that time do my dear child see if you cannot coax mrs armytage into better humour with us all tell her that it will require very black looks on her part to keep us away from holywell while you are there sans adieu 
was lord wyndham's farewell whisper i shall continue to quarter myself on our convenient friend wemmersley for a few days in the course of next week how very very kind they all are said poor marian when at length extricated from their civilities she found herself once more tete-a-tete with arthur in the carriage they are good-natured friendly people we shall find them a great resource was arthur's frank reply i wish they lived nearer holywell holywell between ourselves is monstrously dull i feel almost ashamed of my repugnance to returning there but there is something so overpowering in the punctilious regularity of the house the pragmaticality of those tiresome old servants who might be so easily pensioned off and the oh by heavens it gives me the shudders to think of it all oh marian i wish we had a snug little home of our own i wish i had taken your father's advice and settled at once in a cheerful hunting country my mother would take it as an offence were i to propose such a thing now indeed she would was marian's reply giving an involuntary sigh to the notion of a home of their own where she might have sometimes hoped to welcome her family her kind parents her cordial aunt but adding in a tone of mild resignation i fancy we must reconcile ourselves to the idea of living with mrs armytage for the remainder of her life more particularly as sophia will probably marry and how unbearable holywell will be without sophia and even marian shrank from the thought of losing the peacemaker and confronting a perpetual tete-a-tete with mrs armytage well well it is not come to that yet cried arthur trying to cheer her spirits and with his characteristic recklessness immediately launched into a thousand lively anecdotes of his campaign on the moors a recital of his sporting exploits of the harmless absurdities of leicester spalding faisant supporter aux autres tous les poids de son inutilité of the love-at-sight passion of young dumbarton for lady honoria spalding and the self-delusion of the dandy lord edward in trying to bully himself into sportsmanship marian laughed at all her husband's stories and was thankful to him for saying so little of lord greta without suspecting that with him her husband's conversations had been of too rational and serious a nature to bear repeating for her amusement in her turn she related all they had been doing during his absence every little pleasantry every little folly even their ill-timed ill-ordered visit to the marinums with the folly and meanness of lomax he had no patience at his age so base a desertion of principle and national feeling was inexcusable but all the rest diverted him from the sudden departure of mr kronos on learning the expected arrival of a yankee conversation man a regular new york addison one of the small lionkins of london dinner-tables to the gaucherie of a country neighbour who after sitting through a dinner by the side of the silent mr mclaren began talking to him with his fingers on the supposition that he was deaf and dumb marian was in high spirits animated by the satisfaction of being with him she loved animated by the excitement of the gay scenes through which she had been passing her cheek was flushed her eye bright her voice joyous but lo as they approached holywell 
a change came o'er the spirit of her dream involuntarily her laugh ceased her voice grew depressed her countenance gloomy arthur too became absorbed in reflection observant of the alteration in marian's spirits he felt himself scarcely just in exposing her to the despotism from which she was entitled to emancipation they were approaching as victims almost as culprits a home by right their own they were going to frame an humble apology for a week's disposal of their own time that time so independent of any human control i am driven to the shabby expedients of renewing bills and raising money by the aid of my friend wyndham's blackguard agents for the want of paltry seven hundred pounds i entitled to the clear possession of twelve thousand a year ran the current of his meditations while only yesterday i saw an announcement in the county paper in a list of subscriptions for the building of a country hospital mrs armytage of holywell a thousand pounds his majesty a hundred pounds the archbishop two hundred pounds but mrs armytage of holywell a thousand pounds well after all there is something princely in my mother's notions one is proud of belonging to a woman capable of sacrificing the foolish whims and fancies of her sex to contribute a thousand pounds to so useful a purpose my mother has a noble spirit had i been master of the holywell estate i doubt whether i should have been capable of sacrificing a thousand pounds to the construction of an hospital but this expansion of feeling suddenly contracted when he found himself once more in the presence of mrs armytage sophia flew to the hall-door to receive them and taking her little niece from the arms of its nurse covered it with kisses so that arthur had no opportunity of observing how pale and haggard were his sister's looks but nothing could be more frigid more formal than his mother's reception of the little family she asked no questions made no remonstrances spoke of nothing that had occurred during their absence and seemed unaware that they had been more than half an hour away both arthur and marian began to rejoice that they had been persuaded to set off late from spalding court so that dressing time was approaching when they arrived at holywell both were eager to get out of that formal drawing-room each was anxious to complain to the other of the ungraciousness of mrs armytage but when arthur reached his own room the mystery was explained on the dressing-table enclosed in a blank cover addressed by the hand of his mother lay his own unlucky acceptances bills of exchange for seven hundred pounds dishonoured bills bearing the signature of arthur maudsley armytage it was scarcely a consolation to him to see them lying cancelled before him when he considered that their redemption must have been the act and deed of mrs armytage end of chapter sixteen end of volume two